Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a last minute continue a game of the year awards for 2022. I am once again joined by the illustrious Turbo. Greetings! And the ever wonderful Shadowvox. Ahoy, hoy. And I, Biafat, who's just here and supposedly the host of the show for some reason. Uh, undead host. But yes. <laughs> But I would not imagine doing this without my two favourite people in the world to do this with, because they are ever reliable and ever, honestly, the best people to talk with this about, because they are the, they are the ones that um, probably have the most breadth of gaming for the year. Probably the mo- most varied, I think. Uh, well, that and also like the easiest people you can just grab off there and the... just say and say, "Hey, you, come into the studio now." <laughs> I would love to actually get us into a proper studio and do like. Oh yeah, a, um, properly. One day, one day, one day we'll have a meet up and we'll sit around a, an actual round table and do like a thirty-minute, one-hour something or another. <laughs> so yes, um, rules and regulations as per usual. Uh, no games we've worked on. This only really applies to me, but does actually apply to one of the bigger games this year. And uh, only games released between December twenty twenty-one and November. 2022 because we're recording this early december so it's a bit unfair for uh, some of those december titles if we only take games released in 2022 but yeah this year this year seems to have been had quite a lot of games like fairly big games come out i think it's do you two agree it's definitely been a harder year for me to decide what's in my top list because i played more than five new games this year though <laughs> indicates that there was a lot of good stuff this year Oh yeah, there's been quite a lot this year that was uh, on the calendar year. I mean, granted, there was a lot that I didn't even get a chance to play at all. Oh, same. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's more in the list I would like to. Yeah, definitely. To be fair, my top three were easy enough. My four was fairly solid. It was actually my number five that gave me the most trouble. There was about six games that possibly could have fallen into that one. It was like, ah, how do I justify this one? I'm still umming and ahhing if my list is going to change during the show. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) Well, our order for this year is uh, Turbo, myself, and then Shadow Fox. So, Turbo, would you like to start us off with your number five? Right, okay. So, starting at the bottom with myself um, is a game that, you know, is relatively, you know, uh, new to the year, um, being that it came out in October. And uh, it's been the long-awaited, you know, uh, third entry in a trilogy that I was looking forward to uh, for the longest time. However, and until I got to the very end, uh, I was having a good time, but then certain things just like went 
knocked it down further and further and you know my my enjoyment of it was uh, a bit uh, diminished but not enough to make it outside of the top five and that is Bayonetta 3 uh, so yeah Bayonetta 3 uh, obviously the third entry uh, published uh, published by well technically published by Sega but it's actually published by Nintendo um, uh, with uh, uh, Platinum Games development uh, again for uh, pretty much this is them um, capping off a, uh, a a very long trilogy. This is like 10 years uh, this series has been going for. Uh, so having like three entries um, uh, be kind of like spread across a 10 year period. Is, uh, I mean, it's not unheard of because there are other games that have done that. But Yeah, the original was a pre-60 PS3 title, wasn't it? Indeed, yeah. In fact, actually, what was it? I just recently uh, saw a, uh, a PlayStation book that is like 100 games uh, before you die, uh, or 100 games you should play before you die. And Bayonetta, uh, Bayonetta 1 is part of that list, even though it's not exclusively a PlayStation title. It's It's been, you know, put, uh, put along with all those other titles. Um, and really, you wouldn't... <laughs> Wouldn't recommend getting that uh, the PS3 version uh, to play Bayonetta, but uh, regardless, Bayonetta 3. I was really looking forward to this. I was really hyped for it. I was like intrigued of how things were gonna go in terms of like uh, the character of Bayonetta and uh, what kind of like combat would be introduced and stuff like that. And it does introduce. Some new things um, to spice it up, uh, spice spice up the gameplay a little bit. Um, but then, just weeks before its release, a lot of kind of like brouhaha happened. That kind at first kind of soured my uh, anticipation for the title. But then, certain things came to light. Things came, you know. Obviously, it's. Obviously, he said, she said, kind of like uh, mentality and things, and, it just, and I just said to myself, "All right, you know what? I'm no, I'm just gonna play the game, go see how it is, and then I'm gonna determine my enjoyment from there." I, I, I don't care. I've been waiting for this for the longest time, and I'm hoping that this is gonna be good. It was good until there was a, a moment. Uh, there's moments in the game where you're playing as another character. Now you've got Bayonetta, but then you've got this new character called Viola. And Viola's combat is different to Bayonetta's, where if you've experienced uh, Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, you would oh, know yeah. how uh, that kind of like combat style is, where in that way, in Metal Gear Rising, uh, you got a parry system rather than a dodge. You do have a dodge system, but the dodge system is not uh, the key factor. The key factor is parry. No witch time for the second character, I'm guessing. Yes. Well, actually, no. There is witch time, but it's activated via parry. But that's the problem. It's like me and and. It's actually sim more simplified uh, in Bayonetta 3 than it is in Metal Gear Rising Revengeance because in Metal Gear Rising Revengeance you have to 
hold the stick in the direction of, a, of an attack and then press the action button or like the, the uh, vertical slash or whatever. Um, and that will engage your parries. And that's a case of timing it that way. This time around it's a, an actual button and just so long as you're facing in, in the direction of the, the attack, you know, you can parry it. But even then, I, I've, I've realized I'm not a big parry guy. <laughs> it's like, it's like, I'm not a big dev parry uh, guy either, but uh, it's... Uh, well, yeah, I mean, Revenge of the System definitely took nuance to get used to, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Uh, but even that, I I just recently went back and replayed Revengeance not long yes, ago on stream as well. And even then, I was having difficulty with the parry system on that. So... Um, so that was one factor that kind of like ruined my enjoyment of the game. The other factor is how it ended and how how the kind of like story, because the whole story of, of Bayonetta 3 is multiverse travel, you know, multi, multi-dimensional travel where you're going to different kind of like multi-universes uh, that have their own version of Bayonetta in different time periods and different, you know, regions of the um, world. To be honest, like I'm that. surprised I managed to avoid that piece of information. Yeah, I, 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 that's, this is the first time hearing of it. Oh, I'm so. sorry about that. I'm sorry. No, it's emotional material. It doesn't sound like a massive spoiler, to be fair. It no, sounds like, more like this is the plot of the game. Yeah. You know, from the beginning. I mean, I've also not played for Editor 1 and or 2, at least not I need to get around to 2. I, I haven't finished it's, it yet. It's one of those games that's been on my list of, like, to-dos forever, but then it's just never quite cropped up. But, uh, I mean, if you like action games, if you like the Devil May Cry series, it's obviously worth a shot to give it a try. Um, but uh, I was going to say, it sounds like this, uh, this uh, Bayonetta's Nero situation, where it's like, here's a new person that's not Dante, but, and plays yeah, that's, well, similarly but different. But here's the thing. I played Devil May Cry 4. That was my first Devil May Cry game. And I enjoyed playing as Nero, because his... his combat style it's different to Dante's but it's not alienating it's not it's actually engaging it's actually fun to to use the devil bringer in uh, in four to snatch enemies from afar and then grab and then it's kind of like a grab uh, a grab move where you can when you grab an enemy with the devil bringer you can slam him and do other moves and stuff like that uh, Viola, however, yeah, she is in that role where she is the new character. She is the, the the Nero of this game, but she's not fun to play, and she's also not a very fun. It's not. She's not really like she's trying to be cool to a point, but it's not working. And then. I'm not going to spoil the ending, but the ending soured on me um, of how they want to uh, continue the franchise. If, if they want to continue the Bayonetta franchise uh, after the ending of 3, I'm not on board with it. I, uh, did, I did see another streamer. I saw, I, did, I saw the reaction they had to the ending of Bayonetta, and it was a look of kind of disbelief I would say I've thankfully managed to avoid that um, so I'm going to continue avoiding that until I get round to it or I give up trying to avoid spoilers yeah I, I, I won't say anything more than that but uh, 
really the the how the new character plays and how I couldn't get into that plus the you know the ending of the game that was just the that's what kind of like soured it down for me and uh, put it as my number five I still think it was a great game I still it's still definitely one of the better uh, one of the best uh, you know uh, action series uh, to, to rival the Devil May Cry series definitely but uh, that that um, just the new character I wasn't gelling with and how the, how the third entry ended uh, brought it down for me so there you go that's that's my opinions on uh, Bayonetta 3 and my number five Okay, so my number five, I, as I said, I really struggled with my number five, but in the end, um, most of them were remakes, and I usually limit myself to one remake a year. This year, there is no remakes on my list, or remasters. Um, some of them will get the honourable mention, though. Um, and then there was, you know, I could have had some of the big titles on there, but I decided, you know what, let's give it to an indie title, because actually... Considering it's their first game, it's pretty impressive for a small indie studio to do this. Um, so, my number five is Raft. Um, you may have seen the LMC team play this on stream. Um, certainly, Shadow Fox joined us for a few of those sessions. Quite a few of them. Um, we were surprised but, to find that it actually officially released this year, because like, they did their final update. Yes, they released 1.0 this year. Um, so I have actually been playing it in early access. Um, I don't think I've mentioned it in any of the previous year's streams. So our general rule is you can either have it in its early access release or full release. But you can't have it in both because that's cheating. You can't win two awards. <laughs> um, but, you know, so Raft came out earlier this year. It's a really nice and simple idea. It's a survival game with crafting mechanics. You make a raft and try to stop yourself from starving, from dehydration, and from being eaten by a shark. And you can play it with, I think, up to like six or seven friends. Um, you definitely need a bigger raft if you're doing that, though. I think our raft um, is plenty big enough. I think calling it a raft is an insult at that point. Well, we this is, yeah, this is the thing. As you go through the game and you start like hunting out particular locations, you can get more advanced things to make your raft with and build it from a raft to a boat to a ship. And it's kind of cool to see that progression. And actually, that's one of the things I really like. Um, and just, you know, the unlocking of, like, bigger and better things and unlocking the new ways to get materials and stuff is really cool. The cracks start to go when you see what they've tried to do to kind of make this a bigger and more epic game. Uh, the ending introduces stuff like bosses and bigger missions and the stuff the game doesn't really feel like it's designed to handle. Some of the later stages were a bit like, yeah, this isn't what we enjoy about the game. Um, it, I feel like it was trying to have its Minecraft cake and eat it. Yeah, a little bit. I think it's I think it's a problem with games where it's just like, oh, you've got to have this big, you've got to have this build up, you've got to have this big ending scenario and how do we do that with these mechanics like the game could have very much have carried on with its mystery theme and been a bit a story revelation so it could have... to be fair the, i wasn't too bothered by the puzzly bits of the like the last island like okay the jumping the jumping rotating machine puzzle was annoying but it's not 
it was manageable. Yeah, it wasn't. And we figured out. Yeah, it was manageable. We, we figured out how to yeah. get cheese it once one person was across to lift up yeah. the other. Like that's that's something as well. If if you're creating puzzles and stuff like that, jump, especially jumping puzzles, having a ladder to kick down for everyone oh, else God, yeah. is like a, <laughs> it's a it, it's a simple thing. But please add those. Always add those. Don't force everyone to have to do the jumping puzzle yeah. every if for whatever reason. Yeah, the, the combat is the thing that let it down. And I have a couple of other grievances. I really dislike they removed controller support. But, you know what, overall I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the majority of the game, time of my game. And I still play it with a couple of my American friends because we're still very slowly working our way through the game. Um, but I would probably only recommend playing this game with friends. Um, on your own, uh, to be fair, the creative mode on your own would probably be fine. But if you want to do like the proper story mode and stuff, at least take one friend with you. Because otherwise, dying is very punishing. Um, so yeah, that's my number five, Raft. And I'm assuming it's not in your top five, Shadow Fox. Uh, no, it was not. It's definitely it was in my honourable mentions, but it has been mentioned. So honourable, no need, no more. <laughs> so I was very much struggling to figure out the order of these, but I think the game I put in number five is a similar sort of vibe of a chill game in fact most of these are surprisingly chill games for most of the time and again also quite indie and it was a, a game I actually mentioned on Raft as well and that was a, the Hard Space Shipbreaker game uh, oh yeah Yeah. so again it's, it's similar vein as the Sort of power wash simulator, viscera cleanup detail. It's like you select a ship and it ranges in complexity from small pilot, like solo pilot things, to great industrial haulers, all of which still have absolutely hazardous materials on board and like their generators and stuff. So it's like every ship is essentially a puzzle it's like trying to get the air out of the ship initially so that when you don't de like decompressurize and send yourself flying into the bulkheads and all that you and then it's just like so you cut this cut that uh, tweak this push this into the furnace push that part into the recompiler through this into the item storage and like there is a lot of fun to just be had with the casual playthrough version but then there's also the um the story mode which certainly will strike close quite close to home for a few people in that essentially it's about unionizing and getting better working conditions for you and your fellow workers somewhat topical at the moment somewhat topical at the moment yes too topical if you ask me <laughs> yeah that's fair I've, I've had too many kind of like packages that are like uh, stuck in limbo because yeah of yeah my issue is more transport than it is packages yeah transport has been an issue for me but yes yeah, so, so, so the, enti the entire thing is actually based uh, vaguely on the shipbreakers over in um, India at the end of the game they actually say hey if you want to see like a real life scenario of this 
go and check out this documentary called Shipbreakers. And it's about and, and it's about like how these like, you know, poverty stricken people in India are basically going into these dilapidated ships, cutting them apart, salvaging. And it's just absolutely deadly work to them. But some, but, but some people, this is what they all they've known from children for like childhood to their basically the time they would be retiring, but they can't. So it's got the interesting story to go along with it, and then it also has a a sort of a Halloween update with AI controlled ships that are trying to kill you as you're disassembling them. They're like, okay. It's like it's like they'll, they'll re they'll like close doors and repressurize compartments and stuff like that. They'll they'll basically try and impede your progress in any way, shape they can, which is a challenge. And I didn't realize that that what they were doing to me for the first time, so I ended up dying a couple of times. Of course, in the future, death is no substitute. Your body belongs to the corporate world, and like in uh, Borderlands, the Hyperion uh, regen stations. Oh yeah. <laughs> so they kind of got that dealio. So yeah, uh, if if you just want a simple kind of version of Power Wash Simulator, like a 3D motion, 3D movement, something different than that, this is very much a game to play. It's just very atmospheric. Just sitting around in quiet, floating around space, some space banjo music going on. Space <laughs> banjo. Space banjo. <laughs> Was this a game you played on um, Game Pass? It was on Game Pass, yes. So I think that's uh, number five's done and dusted. Cool. Well, in that case, it comes back to me uh, to reveal my number four for the year. Um, this might be on some of your uh, listings, or maybe in your honourable mentions, possibly. But it's the only game that I got that everyone else did get and have played together, but I've actually been playing on another version by myself and did my own playthrough on my own channel, uh, on my own Twitch channel, and uh, I still ha I had a good time because it's, uh, it's a successor to an arcade uh, franchise classic series uh, with that of uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. That, and yeah, that was another honorable mention yeah fair news i'm surprised that didn't make your top five actually well i i was trying to i was trying to not do many remakes and remasters this time around oh no sorry i mean i'm surprised it's not on shadow fox it's top five it, oh, right. I, I, again it, my top five there's basically i'm gonna say there's like eight games here that could have been <laughs> on the top five <laughs> no that's fair hmm. i mean me myself, I I didn't even though I did play uh, quite a bit for the year to fill up a top five. Uh, there was still a number of like remakes and remasters that I didn't want to put up on there, uh, and I wanted to try to have at least all new entries. Um, uh, yeah, that's fair. Games. That's why I try and limit it to one a year because if it's all remasters, it's like not that surprising, I guess. Exactly. You know what I like. Exactly, and. Um, uh, and funnily enough, we did have for the TMNT uh, license. We had the Kawabunga collection come out after uh, Shredded Revenge, but I haven't gotten around to playing that at all. 
in any in any form. So uh, that's still you know t uh, worth to dabble in whenever I have the time and whatnot. But uh, Shredder's Revenge, even though I was playing it on my own, I still had a good time. I still had a fun time playing uh, through that and uh, hearing the voices of uh, the original four turtles. Um, uh, you know, voicing, uh, being voiced by the the eighties cartoon uh, cast, um, except for poor old Shredder. Except for Shredder, yes. I uh, it's like uh, 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 I forgot, I forgot the actor's name, but I know he, he played Uncle Phil in uh, uh, Avery Jones. I feel like it's Avery Jones, but I could be. I think it's Avery wrong. Jones, but it's like, uh, yeah, he played Uncle Uncle Phil in uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air, so it's like. Uh, and sadly passed away. So. Yeah, he, he passed away well, well uh, a good number of years ago, uh, I do recall. So, but uh, other than him passing, uh, oh, no, I mean the four the four main turtles being still voiced by their original voice actors from the, from the cartoon show is still impressive. Quick. A quick interjection. Uh, redaction being made. James Avery, not Avery. James Jones. Avery. Yeah, James Avery. <laughs> um, but yeah, God rest his soul. Uh, so, but this game, it's obviously done by former uh, developers who worked behind the Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, the game. Um, and I think some. Uh, obviously, it's it's. Uh, do, well, I say produced, it's like published slash kind of like funded by Dot Emu, who were the guys behind uh, Street, uh, Streets of Rage 4, uh, which was a really awesome game, one, one of the best games of uh, its year. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of good pedigree behind that game, definitely. And yeah. you can tell that they have a love for the actual material itself as well. Yes, exactly. It's like there's so much... Uh, uh, love for the property of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in general, uh, not just the uh, the eighties cartoon show, which uh, many people would just think it'd be only that. But it's got like um, you know, uh, like that love for the, the the franchise as a whole, not not just the not just the the eighties cartoon show and uh, the arcade uh, the arcade uh, games uh, that that is tied to it. Even though that is the main core of this uh, successor, is that it's you know harking back to those Konami beat 'em up uh, games uh, that is so beloved by many many people and whatnot. And this is definitely a solid ed entry. It's like uh, uh, you can either go alone or you can have up to six people. In we, we have um, yet to manage that. We, yeah, yeah, we've I mean, got up to I think four. Yeah, four is usually a bit, uh, the good that's, one. I mean, like, that's usually that's... the standard go-to. Yeah, True. but having having the option of having six is still impressive. It's still fun um, to kind of like have that as a as an option. I like to have. I like it. I like it when games have that option to be, you know, slightly beyond the, st uh, the status quo and whatnot. Um, and uh, yeah, I just. Absolutely love it. I, I enjoyed. I enjoyed my time with it. I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't too uh, frustrated uh, while playing through it either. You know, and uh, I had fun. That that that's what I would. Would I definitely uh, like seeing from a game that would uh, get um, 
get me to put it on my top five, effectively, is that, did I have fun with it? Yes. You know. Um, that's so the yeah. main, that's the main metric we think we go by. And I think, oh, much. You're, you're absolutely right. It's like, I mean, we kept going back to it on stream, at least, and sometimes off stream. And we still probably will. We've still got, hopefully, a crossover to do a six-player stream yeah. at some point, but it's getting everyone together is quite difficult. Trying to herd cats. Yeah, I think turtles. The the, the the turtles have survived pretty much. I don't. I can't say they've had a bad reboot in comic book, animated or video game form. A few questionable I mean, ones, mm, but I mean, you yeah, had. Uh, I mean, the one, the, the only one I feel is though that didn't uh, go too well was um, Platinum Games' interpretation of TMNT. Uh, uh, I've forgotten what they called it, but uh, I know that one, that was part of the Activision uh, Platinum Games uh, relationship uh, for the Wii while, and not many people like that interpretation of the TMNT uh, franchise. And I know the reshelled version of Turtles in Time, that was a digital download, um, yeah, that wasn't game. particularly well received. Yeah, many people I think didn't people like still that said the either. original was better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so it's had its hiccups and it's it, but it's still in you know the the conscience of uh, uh, pop culture essentially. You know? I mean, they're still making new cartoons. Yes, so. exactly. Yeah. They just recently had uh, finished up the uh, Rise of the Team Green Ninja Turtles. With a, a, a huge movie that's on Netflix right now, so you know, and that's a bit, apparently a lot of people love that. So yeah. So, anyway, that's uh, that's my fourth entry, Treasure Revenge. Enjoyed it, had fun. Wish I would have liked to uh, play it with uh, the rest of, uh, the rest of the LMC crew, but I have the Switch version because I don't want to have any uh, trouble with the achievements and all of that because I've had I've had my fair share of. Uh, um, uh, frustrations with beat em up achievements or trophies. Very frustrating. You sometimes. need to care less about achievements because I'm like, sorry, I it's have... just in my mindset. <laughs> uh, my number four is a crossover. Hey. And um, yeah, very well timed because my number four is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. Wow. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so I'll keep this fairly short. I mean, to be fair, I've mostly played it multiplayer. I've done a couple of sessions solo, but um, definitely it's got the right amount of influence from the old school, um, but it's got enough of the modern sensibilities added to it and the right ones to go, actually, this is just a nice, chill experience. And if you want to make it difficult on yourself, you can. You can do arcade mode on the hardest difficulty. But you know what? I I just want to have fun. Um, Honestly, this is a great one to play with friends. And you never know. We might get... If they expand the crossplay, we'll definitely get Turbo in on one. Oh yeah, I yeah. Think it's, fingers crossed. And to be fair, this is one that I'll be just happy to pop back on again. You know, if we do think, hey, LMC, we just fancy a turtle night. Sure, we'll do a turtle night. Um, it's, it's, it's in our wheelhouse of uh, ones we could just throw on. Yeah, and it's a good one-shot one as well um, because it only takes about two hours to play through the, the main campaign. So. I think the only other thing that I am slightly sad about is I've seen some of the pre-concept stuff and wished a little bit more of that got in. Um, for instance, April used to have a lot more references in her moves, but uh, 
I suspect the lawyers were like, hmm, we might get sued for that, so please take that out. So all she really has is Chun-Li's uh, spinning bird kick. Uh, really? Is that it? Yeah, uh, I think there's a couple of minor ones, but yeah, I mean, uh, I do, I do know of one that is tied to the Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Yeah, I believe. Uh, game. Is it the, uh, like yeah. a hammer style? Move? Uh, yeah, or... it's like she's swinging, uh, swinging in a circle, and yeah, yeah. Uh, that's oh kind yeah, of like, Ramona. That's kind of like yeah. Ramona Flowers with her bag. Uh, in, yeah, I in, forgot about that. But no, I know she like all of hers used to be specifically references to female fighting characters. Right, okay. Because obviously she's a new character, so she didn't have any pre-existing moves. Indeed. Um, but, you know, and also her design changed, but I think that might have been for the better. Um, really? I, yeah, I, I, no. was, I Like, in terms of, like, design, I thought it was, like, really good. Yeah. Oh, no, it is. She was much closer to her original appearance, a.k.a. the suit being a bit more open mm. uh, as in the original cartoon but yeah, I don't no, really mind yeah. that no I think that was a good decision I suspect that was um, Nickelodeon putting their foot down on that one but um, no yeah no my number four as well because yeah it was that good I enjoyed it yeah short one there <laughs> that's, 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 it. that's fine going in a very different direction for my number four it was a game that I can't remember when it was announced but when everyone saw it they were like yes this game because it's one of the few games where you get to play as an adorable kitty. Oh yeah, this one. <laughs> this one. Mm. Uh, that is of Stray. And uh. when when I initially first saw Stray, I was expecting a much more, shall we say, Quantic Dreams style of game, more like a visual kind of story game. You know, yeah, so, a world. so more kind of like uh, dialogue choices, kind of like style gameplay, mm. uh, rather than what was presented. Yes, rather than actual gameplay and puzzles and combat, in a way, I guess. Well, I mean, there's not really much in the way of combat. No, you know, you're not. You're not scrapping like a, you know, no. like alley cats. In, <laughs> no, there's not. Yeah, you, at one you point. Yeah, yeah, a little light witcher. Is used in certain ways, but yeah, I was, I was expecting to be more of a observer in this world of robots. I was not expecting to be a key participant. It, it just in the story of this game, I was expecting just to kind of be looking around and kind of going, "Oh yeah, I'm a cat. Oh look at these robots doing cool things," and just and watching their story. The fact that it's like you meet. Like you, you explore around, uh, you end up going to finding people and then like actually interacting with them. You speak to the robots or like they speak to you, and it's like, oh, okay, I can understand them. They want me to do this. Okay, I'll do that. And at the same time, you can still be the cat and just jump on people's laps and knock over chess boards and scratch up the carpet. You do all the cat things that a cat would do, essentially, <laughs> if you've ever owned a cat. I was looking at a lot of the social media uh, for, like, from the developers of Stray and how how the two the two cats that were pretty much the 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 models of um, uh, your cat character in the game, uh, they're you know they were just like posting so many different things uh, pictures of them in the office and yeah. whatnot. So it's 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 obviously they did put a lot of. Uh, 
uh, like resources and effort into making the the cat in in stray to be as cat like as possible. Yeah. Well, considering the cat is your your main character, it's you. You'd hope that they put a lot of effort into it at least. Uh, the, of course, the modding community went absolutely crazy with it. Everyone immediately wanted their cat in the game. Uh, there was also a Spyro mod, a Garfield mod, obviously, because what cat game isn't complete without a Garfield? The only real gripe I had with the game is that is similar to Bayonetta in, in a way. The ending, hmm. while it was good and all. The original quest you left out on is undetermined if you succeeded or not. I get, I get where you are with that, um, it, but it's led to. I think it's. I, I think that ending is more up to uh, you know, kind of like uh, to you know, a matter of perspective of how how what people or players would see that ending being. And whatnot. And I did see one theory online uh, with a video. Uh, it was funny. I, I only just saw this like uh, in the last uh, couple of days uh, of one theory of what what the ending could be for Fate of the Cat that you uh, play as. Um, so I'm not gonna spoil that, obviously, because you know I want other people. I, I would like other people to check this game out yeah. myself as well. But- um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that's uh, you know, in your top five there, John. Well, with myself then, it's on to number three. And uh, number three, uh, this is a, obviously, this is probably, it was a game that I was interested in. And I did a stream, I, I did a playthrough up on my stream, uh, on my uh, Twitch channel, twitch.tv forward slash Turbo Drive Live, get that plug, 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 plug. Um, and uh, yeah, I was like really looking forward to it. Because it's the first time in the longest time, in fact, probably like the first proper entry, uh, like 3D entry for this franchise. And really, in all honesty, they did a really good job with this one. And that is Kirby and the Forgotten Land. Kirby. Uh, Pink it boy. makes sense that uh, I would I would have this as my uh, as one of my entries in this top five, and it was very difficult because this the the three the top three here could easily be interchangeable in any point. Like two could be three and three could be two, or one could be three and one uh, three could be one or whatever. Uh, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's really hard. It's like. Trust me, people, it is that difficult for me right now to, you know, kind of like narrow it down to these three and where they go in my position. Especially if they're like very different games. Effectively. Because, yeah. Like, yeah, you, you, it's like I could have a first person shooter and a platformer as my top two. And it's like, well, I like them equally. It's just, you know, they're very different genres. Yeah. But, uh, but, no, but more on the Kirby here. Like, I really loved the the uh, you know the kind of like open uh, kind of like uh, levels and stuff like that. Uh, well, I say open levels. I think it's like they are still linear regardless. Uh, but the 
you know, the ex, you know, exploring, you know, the, the different levels and stuff like that. It was fun. It was engaging. The only thing that I had had an issue with was the end game content. Nintendo has this problem, obviously, where when you get to the end of the game, it's not the end of the game. There's like more to do afterwards. Uh, and then even after that, there's even more on top of that after you've gotten that ending. It, 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 it kind of like uh, o over... What's the term? It's like... Uh, overstays its welcome? Overstays its welcome, yes, thank you. Um, yeah, it, de it definitely does overstay its welcome, especially after... Um, uh, with the, uh, the... The challenge... Um, uh, kind of like mode. Where you go, um, you go through different uh, uh, rooms of enemies. I think it's bosses or whatever. It's boss rush or whatever. I was gonna say they normally have a they have like a boss rush and then they have the true boss rush. Yeah, aye, and uh, yeah, I feel so that that kind of like is a bit annoying because you need to have a specific kind of like abilities. And at that time, when I took uh, when I challenged it and whatnot, I didn't have the correct abilities to go into those fights. So that was only the only dismay that I have uh, uh, for my enjoyment of uh, Kirby. But even though that kind of like deterred me a little bit, the overall uh, enjoyment that I had with the game itself was really good. I just enjoyed my time with it um, up to this that This one's definitely that on my to-do list, but I'm way behind on my Kirbys because they've also got the remake of the Wii U one coming out next year. Yes. Which I missed originally, so I kind of want to get in on this one. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, granted, uh, what was it? That we uh, that remake uh, is a good multiplayer game. Uh, well, I say it's a good multiplayer game. It, oh no, I, I've seen a full let's play of it, and I agree with you. It looks like a fantastic multiplayer game. Yeah, uh, but if you're looking for a single player experience, although granted, you can play this multiplayer. I believe that you can play with a second player. Pretty much every Kirby game you can play with a second character, even if it's just it's a copy ability character. Yeah, but uh, really, in all honesty, as a single player experience, it's fun. It's really fun, and uh, I would definitely, if you haven't give, given it a shot, do give it a shot. It's, uh, I mean, definitely, it's going to be underwhelmed by a lot of uh, kind of like bigger like titles, especially at the end of the year. But uh, and because this was also a starting year game, because this was like first quarter uh, release, um, it'll be uh, definitely uh, put under so even in, in its family oriented car uh, category because uh, there was a lot of other kind of like family oriented uh, releases throughout the year and Kirby was right at the start effectively so uh, Nintendo's had a very busy year as well indeed. we've had what Splatoon on top of that we've had yeah. um, Pokemon literally just come out Pokemon yep. almost made my top 5 Oh well. Special um, honourable mention there. <laughs> yeah, fair news. That's but, uh, yeah, I um, definitely. Oh heck, broke... I forgot. There's two Pokemon games this year, hasn't there? There was. Oh yeah, there was. Shit. What? <laughs> <laughs> One of them very early in the year that we've all forgotten about, even though I've literally just bought the copy of it in the last week. Oh dear. Uh, oh well. But yeah, but yeah, I... Kepi is. It's definitely one. Of, it's definitely on my list to do list, but I'm. 
I'm a little bit like I've got too many games to play and the Switch is the console I play the least so it's on the back burner. Mm. No, I, I agree. I'm, I'm the same with uh, the uh, the Xbox myself. Uh, but well, yeah, yeah we'll Hi, Kirby. <laughs> Kirby is my number third uh, third pick. Josh Earthheart, what is your third pick? So my third pick was one that was a little bit of a surprise hit, I guess. Um, it, it had a cult following um, before it, before it came out, but then it came out and people were pleasantly surprised, and it kind of spread. A little bit, um, and that is Cult of the Lamb. Um, so, Cult of the Lamb is a bit of a weird game to describe. It's half roguelike dungeon crawler and half um, uh, island simulator thing. Basically, it's half Binding of Isaac, half uh, Animal Crossing. But the problem is both parts of it feed into each other, so they're both core to the gameplay. So you can't do one and not do the other. Um, resources you gather while in the dungeon are directly used to build stuff and, you know, enhance the lives of people's stuff and, you know, just basic stuff like feeding your followers and stuff. And also you rescue most of your followers while out on adventuring. But then you also need all those followers to build up their um, praise and love in you and the god that you're the head of the cult for in order to get better weapons and to be able to progress through the game. Um, so, yeah, they're both essential, but they feel a bit... They feel like two kind of halves of a game. They don't feel like they seamlessly fit together very well. Um, but it does all work. Um, I, I mean, I definitely enjoyed my time with the game. Um, I played through the entire game in a few settings. Again, it's not a massively long game, but it's one you can quite nicely dip in and out. You can just do a dungeon for as long as you feel like, then go back, sort your followers. I have a couple of niggles here and there. Um, you definitely gain and lose followers in waves because they have quite short lifespans and they are really afraid if someone dies of old age. It's like, oh my god, what's happened to this person? They've died of old age. It's a natural thing. Oh my god, are we all going to die like that? If you're, if you're lucky. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if you're lucky, you might. <laughs> I think I only ever had one or two people die of illness or something, and generally that was because I was away, someone threw up, and then they decided to sleep in the puke puddle. And it's just like, why? <laughs> Most of them had common sense, but not everyone. It sounds like a sim. It is, basically. I mean, this is the thing. It's Micromanaging them was... I probably liked the base building bit a little bit less than I enjoyed the um, dungeon crawling. And I purposely went with... There's like... There's various bits where you can choose between one or two... Uh, between two different perks of a tree line. And... I purposely picked the ones that basically meant I had to take care of my people as little as possible. So stuff like, I had this combo where I forced my people to unanimously love me for a period of time, but also that they would not have to eat for a couple of days, which would halve their loyalty, but I would do it while they couldn't lose any loyalty. So it was finding those combos where I can go, and now I can just go exploring for days and I don't have to care about the little shits. <laughs> so, um, 
but overall it was an interesting game and you can continue playing the game once you've finished it which is quite nice all the dungeons are still open um and they're randomly generated anyway your base still you know goes on so you can keep building stuff you can keep unlocking stuff and they did do a free seasonal content update i don't know if you can still do the stuff on that for halloween um i imagine you can but it'd be like a toggle on nothing but yeah it was a nice little game it's hard to recommend it unless you really like the theme if you like the theme go ahead and give it a shot but it, it's definitely a good game and i enjoyed it it's who do you recommend it to? The people that like base building and taking care of little animal critters or the die-hard roguelike dungeon fans? Because you kind of need to be both and there are plenty of people that are both. But I suspect this is a kind of niche title. But if that all sounds great to you, definitely give it a go. If you're not into the theming because cultists are evil, there's no particularly religious stuff in this. It's just suggestion of a external animal cult basically um I, so don't worry too much about it there's no like heavy real world religious themes i was gonna say it's all furries it's, 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 all, all, it's, it's all animals yeah it's, it's like animal crossing quite literally in a way like it is i think i think more people more worried about like i mean if, if you're worried about stuff like sacrifices and stuff yes you will almost guarantee to have to sacrifice some of your followers to the cult and that kind of stuff you just have to deal with that uh, if you want to play it. But, you know, I, I, I very thoroughly enjoyed it. If it sounds interesting to you, definitely give it a try. It's well worth it. Uh, so let's call it The Lamb, my number three. Hey, I definitely want to check that one out. My number three was a game that I just managed to finish getting around to, thankfully. And I continued playing it. All of... Well, through most of yesterday, when I probably should have been doing other things as well, which is a good indication that it was a game that gripped me. And it's sort of a um, a slightly different take on something that me and you Earth both had in our lists a previous year. Yeah, I think I know which game this is, and this is on my to-do list of games. Is it a game perhaps called Metal Hellsinger? Very much so. Very much so, yeah. So, uh, bullets per minute, BPM. That came out and pretty much proved the, it was the, the proof of concept of having a rhythm first-person shooter game can work. Metal Hellsinger t takes away the rogue-like idea and puts you on a story. It puts you on pre-made levels and gives you everything you need for the story. It's a... Like the music in it is absolutely fantastic, and they've even managed to pick up some like talent from obviously a lot of the Scandi areas because they enjoy their metal. Surprisingly, a game called Metal Hellsinger has a lot of metal music in it. No, no, I was hoping it would be something like classical Renaissance music or, I mean, or BTS. I mean, with modding. It is, it is possible. They have officially, they've officially like told people how to mod in their own songs. So people have put whatever they want in there. Ah yes, Beethoven. Beethoven. You could. Um, I was like, where was I? No, it's... Oh yeah. Uh, also, um, one of the guys from System of a Down is in there as well, which is a one that will probably be more known to people. Uh, but yeah. So you got 
you have a choice of uh, unlocks like six weapons over the course of the game, each with their own sort of fire rate. And the whole idea is just to keep your combo up, keep your rhythm going, dodge the bosses, shoot the enemies, figure out how to keep your score high. The game is basically, it's just a leaderboard. It's get to the end of the level with the highest score possible. Uh, but the combat is all, it's, as you would probably say from a rhythm game, it's very fluid. You, so like, you dodge and jump and shoot and dash and all the, everything you need. And if you get it without breaking a sweat or getting hit, your multiply goes up. As the multiply goes up, the song gets more intense. The vocals kick in when you get the maximum multiplier. And it just feels... It feels like the ultimate version of like a Doom game when you like when you're going through and stomping through like all the enemies, smashing them up with glory kills and all that. Which there are slaughters in this game as well, which are the glory kills, and it just feels so satisfying. It's the perfect combat loop because when you're doing well, you really feel that you're doing well. Yeah, I can certainly agree with you on the Doom side of things, and. I'm Turbo, do you kind of agree that when, the, the, when Doom gets best is when you get into that kind of rhythm of just going from one enemy to the next to the next? Yeah, music in video games is a good factor into setting the mood and setting the tone uh, and the pace of your gameplay uh, when you're in the groove of it and whatnot. And when you hear the the music amp up and it, it's uh, you know, at that great uh, you know that kind of like beat at uh, that 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 really good beat that you can just gel with and it just flows with your combat i totally under understand that i i, I see that with the uh, uh, bpm and then uh Hel helsinger here uh that they going even further back um we mentioned it earlier um metal gear rising rules of nature oh yeah oh yeah and that does that also does the amazing, the great thing of hey you're fighting the boss and it's instrumental you get to the big point there's the vocals again and it's like yes I'm doing good I think good. it does it every time you do like the Zanzuk and parry as well yeah uh, yeah we do the Zandatsus and all that it, it, music is an often overlooked sometimes in games like good music and good ambience can make yeah. a game and when you put that at the forefront of your game and have just like everything and the uh, general technical skills to make a game around that it can play out really well I, I think the difference is with something like Metal Gear or Doom the music enhances the action but it's not integral but it's definitely you know it definitely helps it uh, I mean, could you imagine like you're there you're fighting Ray, you're slashing its arm up whatever running up its leg but there's no music Exactly. It, but the thing with both BPM and Hellsinger is that um, music is actually integral to the gameplay itself. And similar to something like um, uh, Crypt of the Necrodancer, yes. where the whole point of it isn't just to have a kicking soundtrack, it's you've got to get into that rhythm in order to time everything and keep stuff going. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I can't really. I, I can't see a game like this working without like a good drum beat going on with it I feel like that's a very important to, to hear the beat and know exactly when you need to be doing things is very important in these games so the, the type of rock and metal music 
fits itself extremely well to this and as such the themes of hell and all that I mean like obviously the story is of course hey you're a hell singer you're a you're someone who can bring about the destruction of heaven and hell so they took your voice and as such the whole game is narrated by the skull which is a Troy Baker I believe with uh, Jennifer Hale as the voice of the judge who is effectively who's like the devil sort of standing in charge of the hells I definitely need to get on this game sometime it sounds amazing it's absolutely yeah so I went through the story mode it has some absolutely fantastic lines like lord help heaven and when you get to heaven give them hell all you know like the kind of schlocky kind of movie kind of lines you get but you go yes this is as, exa- as long as as long as they like dip heavy into it it's it, fine it, yeah I, I mean I think one of one of the weapons when you like all the weapons have like a special move one of them's like these uh, raven claw things you throw like when you activate the special on that you do like the metal horns and they start spinning around you like you know it's like sure it's kind of lead it leans into it it leans into that trope and that lifestyle and goes yeah why not let's have fun because honestly like Tervis said fun is where you want to be that's like the biggest important part of these games is are you having fun yes yes or no oh god yeah and that's yeah. obviously going to be slightly different for everyone you know okay. I definitely know people who are much more invested in the story of a game because that's what they enjoy whereas you know certainly from my end gameplay Tends to be more of a king. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, but yeah, so I, I mean, the, the story itself, I finished in like maybe three hours, and then I did like another hour and a little bit of the sort of like extra missions. So it, once you've completed a stage, you can go back and replay these realms and basically get boosters, so things that will make your combo drop slower, or you could take two or three hits without losing your meter, stuff like that. So the idea is you play through the game, you go back, get the sigils, and then you can go for the high scores. So again, it's, not, it, it's another like leaderboard kind of game. Rather than BPMs, roguelike, it's more about perfecting your runs rather than... Exactly, exactly yes. So, so you, you've got a set layout, perfect this. And Just like a proper rhythm game. Because that's I mean, the yeah. whole concept of... Uh, Typical rhythm games is to you know yeah DDR and the likes yeah mm. learn the pattern and perfect it as best as you can. Yeah. I think it does that fantastically. So I think I shall uh, say yes uh, again on Game Pass. So great, go get it. If only I had Game Pass. It's also like twenty-five quid, so it's not that oh, bad. Oh yeah, no, it, it's on my Steam wish list as something. And I almost got it in the um, Black Friday sale stuff, but I'm going to wait till Christmas because I've got... Um, this isn't in my top five because I've not played it yet. Um, Return to Monkey Island was also on my... I really want to try and get this done before we do this list, and I just have... I have not started it yet. So... Oh, well. Hellsinger is in that list along with it. <laughs> well, definitely get that soundtrack, though. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, both... A BPN soundtrack and yeah. I still listen. Krypton, Krypton Necronauts has like 
six soundtracks. It does. I mean, I'm still listening to the BPN soundtrack, so that will be another one to add to my phone to listen to on the way to work. Oh god, yeah. Definitely. I think that's a nice like marker for a game as well as like if you if even once you completed the game, one of the things you go back to is the soundtrack. That just that's a sign of you have good memories of the game. And you want to relive it just by hearing the game's music. <laughs> 